Let me just I'm just kind of messing around here. I'm having a kind of a fun time actually. So I'm Are you gonna... using Ableton? Yeah, that's that's what I'm that's my Why recording. is it called that? Cuz they're German. So ah, they just okay. call things with things. I just want to see can you can you hear this? Hang on. How'd you like that? This is what I was doing today. Nice. It's kind of got a Mayfield vibe, maybe, a bit. Went down to my space, played some drums. I can't really hear you talking, but I, it does... I'm, it sounds great. This is where, like, the strings should come in if it was Curtis feel. 100%. Yeah, and so. you need some congas, too. There's some congas in there, but they're oh. a bit quiet, for sure. Mm. I admit that. You oh. know me. You know that I'm guilty... Guilty as charged. As by many people we know say that I like percussion too hot on the records I make. I've been yeah. battling, battling with people for I'm a, a long time. I'm a big uh, kind of, I don't know about you, but I like to use, uh, I always find the 500 series API 560 EQ very convenient on uh, uh, percussion. I like it because it's a graphic equalizer and I find that just for whatever reason, I just, uh, you know, you can find the way the bands are focused you can you can find kind of like the wooden sounds around 1 and 2k but you can get right into that 16k air band too so oh yeah 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 that's just personally my we have a friend goal. of the pod Trevor Spencer who i think will really respond to the, a lot of this kind of stuff i think he's you, probably yeah like for me i just you know i'm not as smart about this stuff as you guys so i just turn it up too loud when i make records you know i just tell them to turn it the fuck up man that's what i, I say that's more of a beatlesy approach more kind of rock and roll approach yeah. i think you know I actually just, just want turn it up last. dude <laughs> I, I don't even care last. what you do don't talk to me about all this fucking nerdy shit just turn it up man that's what i say not wrong this is the last uh the last wednesday episode of the year i think yeah amazing so, what a year what a year it's been for the pod and uh i just want to say to everybody um to our patreon listeners and our patrons thank you so much for making this year great but also we want to grow and i want um you guys to help us with that by just telling everyone you know that mm-hmm. this is great podcast which you're not even really sure why you listen to it but you keep listening to it not even really sure what they're talking about, but it's something kind of to do with classic rock. Hey, there's a way you could explain it, too. You could just say, there's something happening here. And I don't know. What it is ain't exactly clear. Yeah. There's a couple guys doing t- this podcast telling me yeah. all about... I gotta beware. Eric Clapton. <laughs> you know Eric Clapton was in the... Uh, Beatles? Plastic Ono Band. I did. What's that all about? Well, like, not really. Well, yeah, I guess, yeah, because I guess they did that, like, live 1969 Toronto thing where John was just... John's so weird that he just thought it was cool to, like... Like, he was in the Beatles, but, like, what he wanted to do was just, like, do a show in Toronto and, like, play the blues with Chuck Berry and stuff. You know what I mean? It's like, you're in the most cutting-edge band ever, but to him it was cooler to just do, like, Johnny Be Good and have it sound really bad. Yeah. To a crowd Johnny of fifty thousand, yeah, <laughs> like to a crowd of fifty thousand with Yoko kind of hanging around and Clapton just bombed out of his skull. 
You um, you ever eat these? I'm eating these like little kind of Christmas style tangerines, clementines. I do. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, more of a ma- mandarin guy. Yeah, but it's a mandarin, but, but it's like the I'm small ones. Hmm. I eat like ten of these a day. That's good for you. Every time C. I, every time I, well, every time I like stop to think, and this is I, st- I instead of thinking, I just go and eat another one of those little mandarins. Mm-hmm. They're great, honestly. Quince jelly, cheddar, kind of, and like a couple of cars, water biscuits, and some mandarins. That's about it. That's your diet. What did you have for Christmas dinner? Tur- we mom made a turkey. That's nice. I made some short crust pastry tarts. Ooh, with some. Um, I'll, I'll. I'm going to do a little bit of uh, translation for our translation for our English, yeah. uh, British listeners compared to our American listeners and our Canadian listeners. Okay, um, you can help me along the way. They were just basically pasties. I think we call them pastries in Canada. And it was a short crust pastry, maybe a pâté brisé, I think. Maybe it's called, probably in Canada, that's the closest one. I don't know if there's a short crust here. We call it like pie crust, I think, in Canada, in America. I guess pastry. It just pastry is yeah, the crust, Yeah, and I think right? it's, a, it's a pâté brisé in probably Quebec. And then I filled it with um, onions. They're the same here and everywhere. Here, there, and everywhere. <laughs> um, for that. Yeah. I think that uh, I used Swede, which I believe is a rutabaga here. Suede, it's pronounced. Is it? Right. Yeah, blue, blue Swede <laughs> shoes. Yeah, exactly. Blue rutabaga shoes. Yeah. I think it's called rutabaga. A uh-huh. uh, little bit of thyme, rosemary, oregano, oregano. Mm-hmm. And you can see how it's a minefield I'm walking in at all times. People think it's easy being English. And uh, actually, there's a lot of things. I used actually some basil. Basil. And you have yeah. to learn how to do this stuff. Translation. People just think traduction. Well, you know, my, my father's from Northern Ireland, so I a lot of the kind of cook the food talk around here was more to the British uh, dictionary sure, than it a, was to British. the U.S. We're more yeah. like a U.K. dictionary, Oxford. Yes, not a Webster's. No. More of an Oxford. Mm-hmm. So it's really funny because yeah. we, my parents, when I was growing up, had my dad had a collection of encyclopedias from England from like the 19th century, like from the 1850s, time. and a whole, you know, A to Z. We're talking 25 books. A to Z, yeah. A to Z, yeah. Sorry, God, wow, yeah, it's hard, right? Um, and it was really funny because when I was in high school and I was, we were doing Shakespeare or something. Yeah, the easy way for me to cheat would be to just, because no one had these books, they were so old, and I'd go and just find, like, read about Hamlet, and then just, like, literally just paraphrase from these encyclopedias. But a lot of it was, like, in Old English and stuff like that, so... Shakespeare actually wrote in Modern English, but, you know... No, I mean, the encyclopedias were... When I say Old English, I mean... Dated language. Yeah, dated language. I don't mean old with an E on the end, you know. This is not a Canterbury Tales Chaucer thing. This isn't the kind of Chaucer thing, Middle Middle Earth. Middle, Middle Earth, Earth kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I've been digging really deep into this kind of Beatles, Lord of the Rings thing because I'm con- convinced now that this is what Peter Jackson had in mind and I'm getting a little closer. I think it's going to take a couple more podcasts to really figure it out. Yeah, I'm but thinking uh, we could do a, a, a family tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and you just, you know, when you're back, we could get together, you know, have a cup, play some dice, have a couple of beers and... Uh, really, really get into 
like the th- really get into the the truth of like which Beatles character within their world is you're going to be represented within the Lord of the Rings world. Clapton's an issue. Speaking of him, maybe he's yeah. Boromir because he's going to try and kill somebody. He might be. Yeah, so he, he he might be. Yeah. He does seem kind of like a Boromir. To, I mean, I'm definitely wrong about John being Boromir. And yeah. John's the one I'm having the most trouble figuring really out who hard. his character is. I spoke to Alex on the phone about this today because she saw good. our soundbite and That's thought good. it was hilarious. I'm glad you And did. she right away, she was like, well, who's Sauron? And I was like, oh. The 80s. Uh, the future of music. Yeah, the future of music. But then I realized, music. no, she was like, she was like, oh, Sauron is Spotify. Sure, and then fine. and then I was like, so Mordor is actually the future of music well, in Mordor's general. Mordor's a place, though. Sauron yeah, is just like a kind of strange, ephemeral idea. It's yeah. just a, it's just a fire. Mordor is like maybe the eighties, the, the future, exactly. Mordor, yeah. yeah. Mordor yeah. is kind of definitely yeah, Mount Doom. Just, you know, Mordor is like maybe I don't know. Yeah, see, I mean, perhaps it's like nightclubs like modern the dj maybe mount doom is like kind of a dark like a club you go to in 2004 when you realize wow nobody gives a shit about any of this stuff i like yeah that's when you get there when you go in and they're playing justice yeah and also uh, kind of interesting Kind of like an indie dance party playlist on Spotify could be well, more. Well, perhaps direct. I would be very interested to know what you would put on that indie dance party playlist, James. And I think maybe for some of our fans, we should make that playlist. An indie dance party playlist? Yeah, we've Early tried once 2000. before. Let's do it. Let's do that. It can be for the patrons only. Yeah. And will anyone who has any ideas for songs that they think that they would like to see on a classic we don't fit in at the time that this is on all the time. Kind of Peter Bjorn and John Justice, LCD Sound System, feel kind of hot chip, maybe. Yeah. Do yourself a favor and picture me, Johnny Payne, on a dance floor in 2004 trying to fit in dancing to LCD Sound System. And I I'll tell you, it's pretty, I was pretty. Wasn't a pretty sight. I was it really it, wasn't. Yeah. But then you'd go to. I'd go to some other place and they'd put on, you know, Twist and Shout. Oh, and yeah. I kind of knew how to club. move to that. The mod, the mod club, club. Was good. Yeah. Ice cream social. Ice cream. I DJ. I used to DJ the ice I cream know, social. Man. I used to have my forty fives out there. That's rad. Great time. Mod. Yeah. Mod night in Victoria is where we used to go. Hugo's was the. Yeah, bar. I'll tell you, there was a night in Vancouver years ago, where um, I can't remember what the main. It was at the Unicorn. I remember it really well. And I used to DJ. Is when the Royal been, Unicorn? Yeah, it was at the Royal Unicorn, and I'd only been here like a year, but. I was lucky that uh, Trevor and Cam um, let me... I don't know why. They they just kind of were very generous with, and they let me DJ with them at the Ice Cream Social and I would come with 45s because I genuinely didn't know any other way. Mm-hmm. And uh, somehow there was this... But they were all in the scene. And there was a night... It was really funny. It was like there was a night at the Royal Unicorn, like a, a My Gay Husband night, where like... I think I honestly actually think Justice the band was playing in town, so it was like the everyone, no one was going to be at the Royal Unicorn. It was okay. like so, and obviously because they were like the 
the, the absolute quintessential hip band in Vancouver at that moment. No one who was going to DJ there at like one of his nights, like I don't know what it was, Half Alive or one of those things. Like no one wanted to um, DJ. So they asked me to DJ at the Royal Unicorn on like a Saturday night at his night. And it was always very generous with, with money, Jason, like a really generous guy. So oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. You know, I was like amazing, and I was well aware that I was going, and there was going to be nobody there because everyone was going to be at this justice show. Mm-hmm. And uh, this would be like, uh, you know, I was there with like Frankie and like probably some girl Frankie was dating at the time or something or, or other. And uh, I was playing like, you know, like I was playing like kind of Motown and stuff, and there was like barely anyone there. But then word got in that the show had been canceled oh the justice show got canceled or like moved or like the after party got moved or it was off so suddenly like everyone had to come and everyone showed up it started getting it was heaving in there suddenly and i was like having the best time of my life until the djs all showed up and were like we'll take over from here buddy you can uh, you can go and just have a drink now and they oh, paid me like God. more than i was meant to get paid to stop djing because I was playing like <laughs> I was playing like uh, Mockingbird or something by like you know like James was, Taylor. Yeah, I, yeah, I was playing <laughs> Blackbird. No, I was playing some yeah. good stuff. It was kind of a Northern Soul feel, but you know they wanted to be playing. Yeah, young. You folks. know, you know what? I know we're only talking about record one of the White Album tonight. Yeah, but um, can I just actually clarify with that? Yeah. So we, we're we're ending at Julia. We're ending at Julia tonight. Okay, I'm cool. not going to for all the po- patrons uh, and fr- friends and fans and family listening. James and I are doing a very fun thing. We're tonight we're doing side one of the White Album, and tomorrow night we're doing side two. And I'm very excited about it. There'll be two separate episodes, and Certainly. side two will be only for the patrons. Yeah, only for and our super fans. I will not be discussing a word of that side two tonight. You won't get a, you won't get anything out. You of You won't me. hear. It. Aside from this one thing, and then I'm going to stop, which is that when I used to DJ, I found that birthday yeah. would actually rule somehow yeah. on the dance floor, which was yeah. crazy. Uh, That's I, it. I'm I, done. My sort of secret Beatles song for that would be like, Hello, Goodbye. Yeah, that one's cool too. That really well, works for whatever we, reason. Yeah, but I put it on birthday one night and I was just like, it just was, people went for it. Just feeling it. Do you know that I'll tell you a quick story about well, obviously me Obviously, Hel- Helter Skelter is really good, too. That's good. Hey, side two. Yeah, okay, so. sorry. So we'll, um, don't, my, I got I'll a, edit that out. A great story about me DJing really quick. I Because I'm DJ. sure everyone's fucking pumped to listen to me and you tell a fledgling <laughs> DJ stories. <laughs> it's quick. It's funny. I yeah. was DJing at the Waldorf in the Tiki nice. Bar oh, I've with, been with Dan Calusi. And... Uh, I this was okay. This was kind of before some of these records were like kind of hot records known to play. Now, I mean, obviously, in at the time they so were you in were the seventies. You, you were a bit of a trailblazer, kind of well, like breaker. kind of like a retro trailblazer in some way. Yeah, but um, so I I I was kind of running out of stuff to play, and I had this Boz Skaggs record. You know, Low, silk, yeah, silk degrees. degrees, of course, yeah. And and Classic. I was like, I don't know if this is too cheesy. This was a way. This was like you know, yeah. 2010 or something. And I was like, I don't know if this is too cheesy. And Dan was like, just put it on, dude. See and what happens. so I threw on Lowdown, of course. And the place went Erupted. crazy. And then this dude who'd been playing downstairs in a jazz band yeah. stood up at the same time 
as like the solo in the song and pulled out a tenor saxophone, <laughs> went out into the dance floor and started soloing and then came up to the DJ booth just ripping a solo nice. on Lowdown. It was one of the That's highlights. One of, of the highlights of your life. Was that when you were living at the Waldorf? It was. It yeah. was, yeah. You know... Yeah. Um, and they used to... Na- I was like... They used to let people live there and pay their rent by DJing. Which yeah. I thought was a total joke. And I used to go to some of the DJ nights and they were so bad and no one would go. Mm-hmm. And I told Tom, I was like, you know, I'll if you just even give me half my rent off, yeah. I'll DJ and like try to set up a really cool night here. He didn't yeah. go for it. I uh, DJed there the week it opened, another Jason uh, kind of moment. And me and Malcolm DJed in the upstairs. He had this like idea. It's gonna be like fabric in England, like like London, like like rooms upon rooms of different like kind of themed DJs. And we had the tiki bar, and it was only like records. Uh-huh. And uh, actually, you know what? We were doing that at the time. I thought he was a dick, and I got to know him. This guy Phil, and I was like, "Fuck, this guy's down here." Like, I know Phil, blonde guy. Well, no, Phil. He's passed oh. away now. Phil Weston. Oh, um, and well, listen, you know. We lose some of the greats, you know. That's how it works on this, you know. In, in it's an impossible way of life, and it certainly was at times for him. And yeah. rip to a real one because he was a great guy. But I remember being pissed as fuck that he was down there because me and Malcolm were DJing, playing like Doctor John, and like Tom had asked Phil to come and like make sure we had the vibe right in the room. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I thought we were nailing it. And then I think me and Malcolm did one week. It was packed. We were, I thought we were fucking on the money, and then we got told like, "Don't come back." And Phil just took over and did it and played like, you know, like Can and stuff. It was cool. Whatever. Like he was cool. Like it was cool. And you know, it was weird, man. You're right about the cutting edge kind of retro, like r- whatever you called me, uh, Trailblazer or something. Yeah, you're a bit like of a there was a bit of that though. That there was a lo- yeah. like you and I like with your 45s at Ice Cream Social, but there were these other DJs who were like, yeah, they would play like Can and stuff that was like really cool and arty. Yeah. But I feel like we probably knew it's like if you really want to get the the party started, Put throw on, on like back in the USSR. Throw on "Come See About Me" by the Supremes. You know? Yeah. No problem. Or like. Nothing but a heartache by the flirtations. Or nobody. California Soul by Marlena Shaw. Exactly. Nobody but me by the human beings. Okay. You, know? you just keep me hanging on. Exactly. You know? Along comes Mary, the association. I would go like rubber necking by Elvis. Yeah, I would throw on like Poke Salad Annie by, by Tony, Joe, Tony White, Joe White. Certainly. Yeah. yeah. If you were gonna like double down and be like, Okay, he's playing Elvis, well I'm gonna play Elvis is Elvis. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You know? Yeah, that'd yeah. be great. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. And then I'd uh, probably... You know, brown-eyed girl, maybe. Definitely. You could easily throw on brown-eyed girl. And then I'd need to take a smoke break, and I'd just put on Marvin Gaye, Gotta Give It Up, which would yeah. go for like 10, 12 minutes. At least. And, you're going to play yeah. the whole thing. It'd be rude if you didn't, people. Yeah, and I used to realize. really worry because I had a really beat-up copy. Okay. And so, like, it would kind of be fucked up, and I'd be like, I could yeah. be out here smoking right now, and it might just stop playing. But, you know, that's a risk you take yeah. when you're... And then I might play a little bit of kind of like, I don't know, I'm thinking, you know, some Otis. But maybe instead of playing Otis, I'm going to play like, you know, kind of an R&B Solomon Burke version of an Otis Redding song. That's cool. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. But Mustang Sally or something? I'd play, yeah, I might do some Picket. Yeah, well, Land of a Thousand Dances, if you're going to really go for the wedding feel. <laughs> Big chill yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, I've often been known to go kind of like a Link Ray route. Wow. You know, you know? That's interesting. 
Yeah. yeah. But you know what you can always rely on? The second side of CCR Born on the Bayou. That's cool. You know, yeah, kind definitely. of like a real kind of, or Susie Q, Bilink Ray, followed by the, the instrumental psych jam of Susie Q by CCR, which That's is the second cool. side. Yeah, yeah Susie Q is a good one. If, you were, if you're just going to throw on Stones, yeah. get the party going, yeah. one Stone song, what is it? To get the party going? Satisfaction. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. The I think miss, time? You, miss You. I that, do. You were always a bit more of a on a cokey kind. Of, I'm more speed. Your coke. <laughs> I like. Um, I'd also put on um, honky tonk women. I find people dig that. End of the night, you kind of always get what you want. Yeah, definitely. You know, yeah. it's a real smoocher. Well, you're more of a kind of '60s. Yeah, you're more that kind of. I'm a little kind of shifty, kind tight of tricky striped 60s. pants, kind of boot like a boot feel. Whereas I'm more of the kind of. There's sort of like the white sneaker kind of shredded jeans vibe. Yeah, I'm kind of definitely, there's still room within my repertoire for like a flaming groovy song. Exactly. You know what I mean? Well, that's you, good stuff too. I mean. Yeah. I like the well, I'll throw on Dwight Twilley looking for the magic. And sure. pe- nobody, that's when you get people coming up asking what it is, you know? Like, yeah. And that's what you're looking for is kind of that, uh-huh. that kind of interaction with, you know, the females of the species. And I'm I'm just realizing right now that we probably just created the greatest dance playlist in history in the past five minutes. We did. I'm gonna listen back to this and make the playlist that we just did of our DJ, our combined DJ set. Yeah, that's a good one. Sounds great. Yeah. Also, I would like, and I don't if if we have time, as we're doing the white album, I want to know your perfect white album. I wonder if, if we it, should save that for the Patreon. Well, we will. Episodes, it's yeah. going to be for the patrons only. No, no, no. We're not going to talk about it. But I no. want to each of us make a playlist yeah. of our perfect as if it was one LP. Yeah. Well, yeah. So you have to omit half the songs. Well, it, we should actually look at the standard length of an LP. Yeah. Exactly. Of a Beatles LP. No, of an LP. There's a, there's okay. a, there's a specific length. I've run into this problem a couple of times recently. With the new Yukon record, it was a problem. We had to omit because you couldn't get each side, I think, only can be 21 minutes. Yeah. Something like that. So, yeah. So, we're looking at, we're looking at a record, a white album condensed to 42 minutes max, but it can't be weighted side to side. So, it's like if one side's 23 minutes, like that won't do. You can't no. put it on a record. Okay, I'm it with you on that. Fit. So there's a. I'll there's get the maths. time. I'll get the time calculator well, out. As you guys, you ever say. used a time calculator? I've tried. You didn't can't really add understand. up time. You can't. Add up, you no can... one's ever done that. No one's you ever. You can't. Been able you got to think like in sixties and ridiculous. stuff. It's weird. Why do we do that? We I should change that. It should just be like to a hundred or yeah. It's so obvious. Sixty. That's a weird number. Why is it that a minute? Romans, dude. Anyway. Listen, um, I just want to say that starting with back in the USSR. I just want to say before I start that it's uh, one of the pleasures of my life to be. We got it now. I'm going to do that every time. Every time that yeah. anyone says that. Adult dosh. It's an adult dosh. What are you drinking? It was an adult dosh. I'm Ms. having a Guinness. Miss Money Penny. I'm having a Guinness, Miss Money Penny. Miss Money Penny, I'm having a Guinness. It was a bit of an adult dose. Leave on Helm, suddenly becoming. Elvis. <laughs> Elvis. Beavis. Johnny Reed. Cash. Carl Perkins. Carl... I can't do the uh, R. The Scottish R is a bit Welcome of a roll. Welcome to Belgium. I'm Sean Connery. And I have come in my mouth for some reason. And I'm keeping it there. And I cannot get 
That's why I sh- and I slap Maybe women. he's just got whiskey in his mouth because you know the Scots they believe that you need to keep it in your front lip. I do appreciate. He tastes that the peat. He tastes yeah, the peat. Well, if it doesn't, he might not like a peaty approach. It doesn't have to be. One time I was in a bar, like a fancy kind of place with my dad years ago. Oh, yeah. And this guy. I've been there. Like, he came to Vancouver. We were just, like, at a restaurant or something. And there was, like, a bar. I forget what it was. And there was this sort of snooty guy there. It might have been Victoria. I can't remember where it was. But there was, it was like a hotel bar kind of thing. Feels important to know for me to set the scene. Um, with, if it was I think in, it might have been the Empress Hotel, kind of a Victoria, tea, a tea kind of. Vibe. But it was a, it was at night, and it was I would like guess sort that. of a tasting room kind oh, of feel. Oh, okay, Shabine. Yeah, and and this guy said, you know, he, my dad wasn't there, and I was sitting at the bar just like having a whiskey or something. They had some nice whiskeys, and this kind of Canadian sort of real, you know, he was like probably like a realtor or something, you know. Yeah. He said, you know, the way you drink whiskey. Nice. And he he took a sip of the whiskey yeah. and he he said you got to keep it sitting right. in the in front of your teeth in your lower lip and you really taste the peat like this and he was doing right. this and he looked like a complete Demented, idiot yeah and he's doing it and he's like that's how you really tell if it's good and I was like okay whatever you know and my dad walked in one of my favorite things my dad ever did you know yeah and and my I said dad you know this guy says that if you're drinking whiskey you got to <laughs> put it in the front of your lip like that and hold it yeah and my dad was just like oh yeah and he said to the bartender he's like give me a, give me a jameson's <laughs> the guy get it and he was my dad looked at the guy and he was like i'm irish you know how we drink whiskey and they just downed the glass of jameson yeah i mean i love that you know dickhead like dickhead like people in yeah you have to deal with in north america who try and explain to you how british culture works i know yeah it's, re- it's amazing it's I hilarious it, you know? yeah oh it's you got you, would, actually, you would know more than oh me, it's a wonderful time it really is or like they're from life, the border yeah. of uh ireland and scotland or something or they've been to ink to scotland once oh i've That's been it. there yeah no did. i'm london they did a tour they did it. Well, I don't mind the people who do they tours. They did a whiskey yeah. tour. I see when that's a, we could go on about that. I did it. I did a tour with a band, and there was a bit of that kind of like. Now we're gonna drink some real whiskeys. I was like, fuck, no one's ever done this. Who lives here? It's you know, it's kind of like it's well, it's capitalism, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Back in the USSR, right. back in the USSR, John Lennon, six string bass. That's is it? Yeah. See, he liked that. They had that Fender. Yeah. Around, uh, and yeah, he it played around. it a lot. Yeah. Great opening track, real Paul kind of wingsy feel, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah. And, you know, Beach Boys parody? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Surf rock parody. Yeah. Beautiful song, great lyrics, really funny, really charming, great drum sound. Paul playing drums. Are we going off? Um, yeah, is that when Ringo had left for a yeah, bit? Yeah, he fucked off, which is ironically the same time as that Nilsson story I told, where Ringo was leaving. He was leaving to like yeah. go to Spain with Maureen and kind of do whatever, just be a playboy. Yeah, he was just no, he was mad at the group. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, because he yeah. thought he wasn't. Uh, you know, they didn't, and they all said, "Come back, come back, Ringo. You're the best. You're the best rock drummer. You're the best, best drummer, rock." Dr- best they wrote him a thing. Best, best rock drummer in drummer. the world. Yeah. He's not even the best drummer in the Beatles. <laughs> and of course, Paul never missed a chance to just s- no. jump on the throne. Well, Ringo's I've actually gone- heard uh, that uh, John is the um, 
I was reading, uh, you sent me actually earlier on a, <laughs> a really interesting article about the Beatles on uh-huh. musicradar.com, which yeah, sounds music like it radar. Was, <laughs> sounds like it was written in either a ESL or just like a high school kind of, like by a high school student. And what I really liked about it was the way they, they kind of like, it's about the five guitarist like songs you need to hear by the Beatles that guitarists need to hear. And I, they suggest that Paul McCartney was the group's most rounded musician and possibly the best guitarist, but certainly the most rounded. And you know I, how I, much I, I love, love this kind of terminology. Oh, and I love how they like always keep it so open-ended that like mm-hmm. they never, they're like, he possibly There's no is the most, they no. never make a claim. And I just love how people are just finding all these new ways to say the, the Beatles Be- are good. Yeah. It's like, you good. know what? It's like, you know what? The Beatles, you know the band, the Beatles, we all know they're great, but have you ever thought that like the guitar's good? Yeah. <laughs> on some of their songs? And it's like, what? wow, hot take, man. Yeah. But actually at the same time, like this is exactly what we're doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 100. So actually I wrote that. Yeah. I'm I like this part. Myself. I like the part where... um they talk about, um, you know, George Harrison was the band's most thoughtful yeah. guitarist. Yeah. Don't know thoughtful. what that means, but... Um, no. Uh, well, I mean, he I said, guess you know, he could really deliver the goods, you know, when a <laughs> no, moment came. It means that he, he didn't play much, but when he was really thinking about what he was going to play, so when he got a chance. Right. And I, I heard, actually, that Joe Satriani <laughs> is a is one of the biggest yeah, fans. I think you're correct about that and I think that actually Joe Satriani famously said that that George's solo on something right was the most creative solo ever committed to tape. Wow. Even more creative than surfing with the alien? Well, he wasn't con- he wasn't including his own music in that. Right. His music was obviously you know the top what about time. john because john's role is kind of officially officially that of rhythm guitarist based on this uh <laughs> officially officially <laughs> but he does step out on lead several times including on get back yeah he does yeah. however you know you know uh, I'd like to look a little deeper into their repertoire maybe and <laughs> dig out five tracks you may not be so familiar <laughs> with james yeah. Do you think um, the um, the ones they choose are really weird too? Yeah, All really my weird. loving. Okay, yeah. it's like so yeah. random. Yeah. And your bird can sing Makes for sure. Sense. Everybody Makes knows sense. that's yeah. good. Like happiness is a warm gun. I guess. Like it's Guitar? like John. Is it like finger picking or something? Yeah, it's like? about that. It's about. Oh, this it's is about on side Donovan. one, so we can talk Don- about Donovan it. taught him how to finger pick. He taught him that pattern, which he also uses on Dear, Dear Prudence, Prudence yeah. and uh, Julia. I don't know if which is ever, really cool. Uh, it is. So basically, Donovan taught him how to finger pick, and he used it all over the White Album. Did only you, on side one. Yeah, it's and only also, that finger picking style is only applied to side one. Yeah, he was over. Which it. maybe I'm going on a really, yeah. really hot take here. I got a really hot take. Yeah, side one is John's side. Yeah, John's got sense, John's yeah. got not John's got some good stuff on the other side, which yeah. we'll we talk don't about talk tomorrow. about that. But side one, it's got all the John magic. Maybe my favorite John stuff of the whole Beatles career. Well, we're going to get I'm, to it. What, Dear yeah. Prudence? I'm So Tired, which is my no, favorite no, Beatles we're in, song. We're not even there yet. Well, we're, we're doing track by track? I think we okay, should. Okay, I love it. Okay, love it. Dear Prudence. Okay. Well, since yeah, we brought beautiful. it up, 
You yeah. know, how do you feel about the drums on Dear Prudence? Well, I think, you know, that Ringo wasn't even the best drummer in the Beatles. That's Paul as well, no? It's Paul, yeah, but also, how do you feel about, like, just the sound? Can you I glean, like, anything from the sound that suggests maybe they oh, weren't recorded uh, at Abbey Road? Hmm, perhaps a trident sound? It's, a, it's kind of a trident feel, and it was recorded at Trident. Is that a fact? Yes. It was wow. recorded at Trident, wow. which is why the drums sound so good. Wow. They do. They, they have do. a trident feel. They do sound also, really good. Also, for avid listeners of the podcast, you'll notice that we, when we did Transformer, talked about a specific bass player. Johnny, what was his name? Herbie Flowers. Well, my name is Herbie Flowers, and I played on Transformer. And I, what I did was, you see, I was there, and I knew the union rates. And what I realized was if I played at the same time the bass and then the double bass, I'd get double the money. I was and playing on this album called Son of Schmilson, and this bloke came in, name was Harry, and I, if he was just off in the corner having a drink. I barely I think even him. met him. Anyway, I f- realized today when researching the Plastic Ono Band that Klaus Vormann suggests that he played on Transformer. So we've got a kind of like interesting tete-a-tete between Irby Flowers because we've got to know who who played, you know, the Walk on the Wild Side bass line. Was it Klaus? That is really weird. I believe it was Herbie Flowers. Well, based I think on... This is, hi- yeah. But Klaus Vorman, he's... Eh, Klaus, he's such a It very is not sweet, a significant bullet. He's a very sweet and kind man, and John would there, and we heard John's voice coming through the, the headphones, and it was just magic. That's it how is we not, start. The walk on the wild side is not a significant bass line in my repertoire. <laughs> With John, it was all about passion. <laughs> it was all about love was Klaus involved in the the White Album cover? He designed the Revolver cover. Yeah, famously, yeah. Uh, the White Album cover... You know what, man? Can I just say... Non More I, Black. What a fucking wicked cover, though. Non I mean, more. I'm sorry. I know it is <laughs> sort of like a white... It's a non white more. mirror. Two it's a bit of a white re- mirror. But it can't be whiter. <laughs> it can't. Two word review. How much whiter could it be? And the answer is... Do you have a numbered none. copy of it? I do. I certainly do. Do I do? Like yeah, good. Yeah, just checking. Two two thousand. Sorry, sorry to ask it. Yeah, under just... ten thousand. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, it's. I actually wouldn't shit. even listen Sounds like to it. Shit. Wouldn't yeah. listen to it if it was over ten thousand. Well, you know, they mixed it in mono first. Yeah, and John said, "You haven't heard the White Album unless you've heard it in mono, because yeah, that's how we, we mixed it as a band." Yeah, I know that. Yeah, although like. Um, the mono mixes were, they were only a, like a, well, in fact, Dear Prudence is an interesting one because the mono and stereo mixes were done on the same day. Interesting. 13th of October, 1968. Wow. Yeah. Written, know, for, written for uh, Prudence Farrow. Yes. The, the younger sister of Media Farrow, yeah, because they were meditating and she wouldn't come out to play. She was taking meditation too seriously because mm-hmm. John was just messing about pretending yeah. and getting into it and she actually was into like tm and stuff like that they so. they just brought their guitars like yeah that's the hilarious like, thing about yeah. the india trip to me is like oh, yeah, george rules. harrison begged them 
no guitars he said <laughs> he said we're going there to meditate to like learn something and paul and john were just like fuck that we're just gonna bring guitars and oh, yeah. write all the best songs in music history which yeah, is what they quickly, did and yeah. thank god they did thank god they asked ringo back for glass onion oh man that is sick drumming that's a that's a banging track yeah he's that's one you know it was always one of my kind of white white albums sort of like eh, it's all right but now i'm like i love that song and i love the beatles parodying themselves john talking about fool on the hill all See, that i don't stuff. like all that shit i, oh, I love that stuff it annoys me i hate I like the kind of like here's a clue for you like you know this kind of like self-referential like we're the fucking shit vibe that john does because he's his ego's massive i used to hate it but now i think it's funny you know like, it I, gonna if be it for, were us you uh, know we'd think it's hilarious it's gonna be a bad finger song right it was meant to be for bad finger he wanted to give it to them yeah it was supposed to be called oh was it that was, the one that was meant to call bad finger boogie uh, no, like that was the, um, it. Was like for the Ivies, but then they be, they became Badfinger. But you know, they, they they didn't take it. There's a song that John wrote for them called Badfinger Boogie. Yeah, that's where they got the name of the band from. Oh yeah, that I oh I can't remember which song it was. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. Glass Onion. Whatever. I mean, now I listen to that stuff mostly for like the arrangements, and it's just sounds so good. Like the tambourine, the Beatles trick of the tambourine kind of coming in like halfway through a verse. I love it. You know, and there's really all loud. those accoutrements are the things that you kind of miss. But when you really dig in and headphones, you're like, this yeah. is why this shit rocks. And the ultimate you know? version of that would be like, everybody's got something to hide except for me and my monkey. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Side two for the buddy. patrons. But um, yeah, I agree. We'll but there. I don't think they were doing it on purpose. I think they were just like, there was no rules, Matt. It's true. But no I do think yet. that some of those percussive decisions the Beatles made were yeah, really and calculated. You try and make and, them, but, and you think it's really cool. And then when you actually get to it, you like change your mind and turn it down or turn it off. Or well, like someone tells it. you to. That's why I fight with people. Well, and you, you probably you don't need to fight with anyone. It's your music. Oh, who I know, but I've with? had, I've, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, well, I don't need more, but no. I used to. Dave Carswell, these types, you know, yeah. JCDC, they yeah. were kind of alphas to me as yeah, a young man. I understand man. how that feels. Yeah, I remember one time the, having to, uh, the, wanting the tambourine really loud in a song, and Dave wouldn't let me do it. Yeah. And then going to the mastering engineer and getting them to like boost the frequency yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to do it that like the roundabout way of getting it up. Fuck these people telling us what we can and can't do. This is what this podcast is actually all about. Freedom. It's about freedom. It's about friendship. But it's also about letting you guys know the mistakes we've made and telling you not to make them. Don't ever let anyone tell Never. you what to do because it doesn't fucking matter. If you, you make it, the most likely scenario is no one's even going to listen to the music you make. So just do whatever you want. And this something you said to me, James, is that and if they do and they hear something loud, they'll think it was a creative decision of that course. you made to well, make it that loud. you always think that. Yeah. Whenever you, you never listen to the Beatles and think they accidentally left the tambourine loud. No. You just, you just assume, like, no one, if you do listen to music like that, like, where you're, like, critiquing it all the time, then go fuck yourselves. You shouldn't listen to this podcast. I don't want to be around you. I would run a mile from it. Like, mm -hmm. everyone listens to music for pure joy. No one's ever listened except for, like, David Frick and been like, yeah. oh, actually, like, 
interesting DB decision that they made here on the tambourine. And you'll notice, actually, it's, in two, it's pure joy. That's like, why I didn't even sleep that night when you talked to me about Paul or whoever editing John's oh, acoustic yeah. guitar Can't flub in two, two of us. I'm like... Are you fucking joking me? Who the hell do you think you are to mess with that record 30 years later? That's John Lennon did that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, fuck off. What's left of him? How there's nothing perfect about being human and music is the ultimate expression of humanity. What about how do you feel about old bloody old blada? I fucking hate that song. I don't like it. Anymore. Paul wanted to wanted to be the single, the first single. Of course he did. Yeah. You know, I I it's probably better than any song I've ever written, but you know what? I don't think it is. I used to always say that the worst Beatles song was better than anything I'd written, but I think I've got enough confidence now to say that's not true. And I think that I've written maybe one or two better than Obladio Blada. Yeah, but, I'd agree. But Obladio Blada, I don't know, man. It's just it's Paul be, you know, kind of beginning his path into like Wingsian. Well, and just this thing folly, yeah. Where this thing where he believes that like this kind of like Beatlesy pastiche stuff is like part of what they need to be doing. Yeah, like for some reason he's like you know you see him in the Get Back stuff where he's like he's kind of like okay guys I know it's a joke but we got to do this yeah because it's like part of what we do Maxwell Silverhammer. You know, like this is our thing. You know, and uh, you see George and John are kind of like why. Like, yeah. Why is this? Why can't you just do like "Oh, darling" all the time and like you know, "Martha, my dear"? Like that shit rules. Listen, to live to live past your myth is a perilous thing, and that's what's mm. happening on this stuff. Mm. You know, I like that. Who yeah. said that? Anne Carson, Canadian writer. Mm, but it's that. true with this kind. Of, this is like the example. It's like it's Paul McCartney believing in the myth of Paul McCartney and the Beatles. And writing the music that he thinks people think he should be writing. It's, you know, it's strange kind of, you know, feedback yeah. loop. But it Living is. within your own myth. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, it's a perilous yeah. thing to do that. And you start kind of becoming the person that you think other people think you are or something. Yeah. And that's why Lennon hated it. Yeah. He you definitely, know. I concur with you. I know he hated that song. Dude, it's white yeah. reggae. It's so yeah. bad. Oh, what comes after it? Honey pie. Wild honey pie. Wild honey pie. Which I actually think is kind of cool in like an art. I mean, it, the White Album it's, is like, it's a it's a tapestry, right? A bit. I think it's, it's just that like they just recorded like the best record ever and thought, how do we make a better record? Let's just, we could either try really hard or we could just throw fucking everything at it and let it be a tapestry. Like let it be a kind yeah. of, like a Jackson Pollock. To me, kind of. it's it's yeah, exactly it's. I think it's such a beautiful record because it's the first time that the Beatles really had the guts to know we can do anything, and that's why it's such an important counterculture record and everything. Because it's the first time Sgt. Pepper's did it, but then they were like, "Man, we can really, really branch out and make any kind of music we want and we can make a cover that has fucking nothing on it yeah. and we can just we can make sounds we can make tape loops we can do all this stuff and we're the Beatles and I think that's why it, in my opinion it's kind of the most free 
record that had been made to that date, you know? Like, uh, you know, you could argue some jazz and stuff for sure, but... Some trad jazz in the 50s? Yeah, I mean, but I just think that it's, it's like you say, pure abstract expressionism that, you know? For so. pop, For pop rock and roll. Yeah, within the world of pop. I mean, Wild yeah. Honey Pie, isn't that one of the meditation ones? weirdly it's just kind of got some like it's paul it's got to be all paul it's like Pat, a mccartney I know patty harrison really liked it yeah it's got to be it's fan. just like kind him doing girls like weird kind of a acoustic jam, guitar maybe weird acoustic it's not even a song is it no it's like a minute long or something yeah, it's just like a it's it's like a i like that stuff it's, it's only like on, paul on it you know no one else plays on it no right? it's, it's like him. on self-portrait like the dylan to me it's a similar record because like you know, it's kind of just a sort of a bridge track or something. Yeah, it's a single into. Jam. I'm sure I can't think of the track listing right now, but I, know I can the tell one you come, what comes next. What the continuing story of Bungalow Bill, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think they met him in Rishikesh or something too. He's also kind of, of a weird one, a, a weird one for John. It's all Paul. No one else plays on him. No, uh, Bungalow Bill. Yeah, it's all Paul. That's what I mean. It's That's all Paul. He fucking plays everything. On Bungalow Bill. Yeah, the whole thing. It's just him. And again, it's him doing like, it's him code switching. Like, all the children sing. Like, all oh, this yeah. kind of crazy stuff. But Ringo's like, back, right? No, it's just bo- Paul. Really? Ringo's yeah. not drumming on no, that? I Ringo, thought he was. Fuck, Ringo's like, in. he's like at the Gaucho, like, doing drugs in a velvet tux. Having a great time. Is that right? I Do- didn't know Paul. That makes sense. That's why it's probably bad. Maybe John had a better idea for that. <laughs> they one. wouldn't fucking touch. And Paul it. wouldn't even stand for. No. Couldn't. Yeah. John was like, "All right, fine. Yeah, fine. You know, he was like, yeah, fine. Let's like, you know, like I'll do happiness as a one. You know what I mean? Like, like that'll yeah. be mine. Paul, yeah. John was kind of picking his battles. Yeah, he was. Yeah. And he's like, you get to happiness, and I'm so tired. And he's like, you know what? Just rip the bass and let me handle this. Yeah. And fuck, it rules, dude. Yeah. Jesus Christ. So there is a lot of Paul fluff on this first side, man. That's what I mean. It's fuck, not a it's Paul brutal. side for me. No. It's not a Paul side there's for me. There's some fluff on this side. It's interesting that they sequenced it that way, too. I guess there's yeah. no real reason. So Maybe. can I tell you about the sequencing, I, I which I always thought know. was... Desperate to know. Um, I always thought was kind of like the ultimate like drunk party, like dream that like they finished the record yeah and then they all decided that the funnest way to sequence it would be for all of them to stay up all night in the studio and party and decide on the sequence Mm -hmm. and they all everybody left everybody and the four beatles stayed and listened to the fucking song you can imagine keyed yes. as hell oh yeah you know what i mean like and li- and stayed and listened and in the morning at 6 a.m they had the track listing and it never changed wow and i just thought that was such a like fun thing imagine listening to that and being like the the boys just talking about yeah. it you know but you're just also like fuck we fucked it up yeah maybe they messed it up though yeah, yeah. exactly I mean, what comes after Bungalow Bill, though? Then it starts to get good. Georgie again. Boy, While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, yo. Boom, ba, boom. That's great intro. Yeah, it's cool. That piano. Yeah. It's good. Um, great you know, song, uh, George, obviously. Is George, reading, is, George is never bad. Well, he picks, he's a thoughtful guy. He's like, yeah, uh, he is. based on musicradar.com's um, uh, ranking system, they rank them like they're like, they they talk about 
the Beatles as if they're like either elite athletes or the teenage mutant Ninja Turtles. It's like George is the thoughtful one. Yeah. John is the serious one. Ringo really likes anchovies. And yeah, yeah. exactly. But they all like pizza. But yeah. he likes anchovies <laughs> and they all and India is their Japan. They all worship a not instead of it like being a rat named Splinter, it's like they all respect and worship Indian Maharashi kind so of So now I love that we've got the Lord of the Rings thing going. They're all also, also the, yeah. it's dream and Splinter's George Martin, obviously. No, Splinter's Ravi Shankar. <laughs> oh, this only corresponds to their India stuff. Yeah, it's the Wild album. We're I see. The Wild okay. album here. There's plenty yeah, of yeah. this look, there's plenty of roads you can go down. <laughs> But in this one, uh-huh. Ravi Shankar... Well, no, it's not Ravi. It's like the Maharishi. What was his name again? Yeah, Maharishi. Uh, yeah, that yeah. guy. So George is probably Donatello. Oh, it's uh, very clear that George is Raphael. He's the moody one, kind of the outsider. Was Raphael the moody one? In the yeah, he was the, the moody one, the, one, the, the outsider, kind of different. Michelangelo's like, Ringo. Michelangelo, fun guy, fun guy the party boy. guy, and yeah. then jo- Leonardo is John. He's kind of serious. Okay, and Donatello's Paul. Just by virtue of him being, the only D- one they're left. both leaders, Donatello and and Leonardo. Donatello, but Donatello's more, more friendly. And Leonardo were more the leading. Team. No, Raphael's the the moody outsider. But Donatello had the cool sticks. There's no more greater comparison in all of pop culture than Zim. George Harrison being Raphael in the Ninja Turtles. Trust me. I feel like they probably based it on that. Interesting. The so Turtles. who's er- uh, the April Preston or whatever her name is? April O'Neil. April O'Neil. She's a Linda McCartney type. I oh, think. because she's kind like of a journalist, photojournalist kind of thing. Like, yeah. Uh, and then like, who's Shredder? friend of the group? Shredder is <laughs> Shredder's like Mick Jagger. Yeah, it's kind of like yeah, I don't. Brian know. Wilson? No, because he's a bad guy. Kind. They of. liked him. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't know. Bad guy. Yeah. Clapton is is maybe Alan Klein's the only bad guy I can think of in their whole Krang. thing. Like, well, like Bebop and Rocksteady. Shredder's like maybe like who's the guy who killed John Lennon? You know, he finally got. Oh, to that guy, Mark Chapman. Mark. I don't even like to speak his name. No, he just got denied parole. It's okay. Fuck him. Okay, well we figured that out. That's cool. Um, <clears throat> Happiness comes after while my guitar gently weeps. Well, I right? was just gonna say that. Um, <laughs> I was really. This is the kind of shit I live for. You mm. know, with uh, while my guitar gently re- weeps, mm. George was reading um, the I Ching. I don't know if you know this. Mm-hmm. Um, when he decided himself that songwriting should be written based on chants. So he took a book off the shelf intending to write a new song based on the first words he read, which were gently weeps. And wow. so, you know, so is history. That's amazing. How about that? Didn't you say that John Lennon finished the lyrics to this one because George was being too thoughtful? No, I've never heard that. I think George... Uh, uh, I've heard of John... I've heard recordings of John helping George with the lyrics to something. That's what I mean. Yeah. I've yeah. heard... and it, But the hilarious thing about those recordings... Dude, it was the best thing I ever heard. You, you can look it up, anyone listening. 
is that it's George talking to John and saying, I just, you know, you know, I just can't finish the song. I've got the song and I can't. The the part that he's wondering about is, you're on the moon, go. He doesn't know. Yeah. And he's talking to John. And John's suggestions of what the lyrics should be are the worst things I've yeah. ever heard. He says you should say, what do you know, Mr. Show? <laughs> <laughs> and John, he's like defending it in the audio. He's like, he's like, what do you know, Mr. Show? It's kind of funny, you know, blah, blah, blah. And George is like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm still thinking about And it made me realize in this really beautiful way that even the Beatles weren't always perfect, you know? <laughs> they had to work to figure out the right lyrics to things too, just like the rest of us. You know, it's... Paul... Like okay, so like happiness is a warm guns next, which is like as good as the record gets, so good maybe, as music uh, gets. Yeah, exactly. And it's another. It's John again, just being like picking his battles and being like, I got the best ones, so don't worry about it. And yeah. it's funny because Paul's always all over them. Like it's never like he. There's never any John songs where it's like just him. Like Paul's always like, I'm getting on it. Yeah. And this is a yeah. good one. Everyone, every when John has a good song, everyone shows up. Yeah, of course. And everyone rules. Rips. 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 I mean, that's like a song. What would you call it? How do you describe that, James? A tr- a trilogy, uh, a three part song. This song. Yeah, happiness is a warm gun. A yeah, song kind in of a three parts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That kind of thing. You know. Yeah, it's all it's about got, sex in it. It's, it's got well the wonderful sexy. intro. It's got the middle part that I need to fix. Yeah. I always thought it was more. Dr- it's drugs and nah, sex mixed, sex. right? I think it's sex. I think it's. I think it's all like Yoko. I think he's just like fucking Yoko. I need to fix because I'm going down. Like I need to fuck again right it's away. Darkness. It's yeah, it's, it's yeah. like John's darkness and like his lurid sex life, and he's like in love, and it's like love is painful, and it's like wow the sexual Whew. side of it. I don't think it's. I'm getting I don't chills think thinking about he wasn't it this doing way. Drugs like I don't think, and a warm That's gun's cool. really phallic. I always thought it was just like. That's a beautiful sex, take, man. man. That's a beautiful take, man. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's way sexier a song when yeah. I think about it that yeah, way. Yeah, it's dark. It's like then it being, being about eaten drugs. alive by, yeah. by Yoko's uh, pussy. You know what I mean? Bang, bang, shoot, shoot. Yeah, exactly. yeah, dude. Eat. Yeah, fuck. Yeah. And I feel my finger on your trigger. Yeah, man. It's all Wow. Sex. Yeah, I think. Intense. Yeah, I it's love super that intense if you, it, it, in that sense, yeah. Wow. The imagery is really phallic, so I just think, and I think it's just when he just met Yoko, like he's just like yeah. it's White Album's like him getting into this like heady world of like cultural culture and art, where like he's in in it instead of outside of it. You know, he's just like in this like you know in in India even, and like coming back, and he's like in art galleries, climbing up that ladder and stuff, and he's like into Yoko, and she's showing him different possibilities mm-hmm. and hypnotizing him. Oh, it's such a good song. It just sounds so good too. The but Paul's bass though too is amazing. Well, yeah, because he's all he, Paul is. Well, I mean, he's the most uh, rounded musician. Yeah, exactly. And then it Paul's, it goes to Martha, my dear. Well, then? that's Paul's version of sex. Yeah, and it's about like his, his dog. Co- his co- it's about his dog. Song <laughs> about his dog called Martha, my dear. Also but recorded at Trident. Con- controversial. My yeah. favorite Paul song on the whole album. It's a good song. I love it. I think it's such an amazing song. Yeah. And I think that it's a, it showcases 
that in my opinion, this is like a high school kind of ESL yeah. music radar take, that he is the most advanced musician in the group. Most rounded. And, you know, it's one of those things that you listen to that PR piano part and that composition, mm-hmm. and you just think, how do you write a song like this? Sure. You know, like, when I hear, when I think, when I hear Happiness is a Warm Gun, I'm like, okay, like, I pick up the guitar, I play the A minor, descending riff. I'm like, okay, maybe, you know, I could see, but Martha, my dear, yeah. is like, is key changes, it's, it's you know, it's Beach Boys. It's Yeah, it's, he's kind of in that Beach Boys, kind of like hearing things in his head. Vibe. And it's a great George Martin, great horns. It, it's a real Beatlesy track to me. With a Trident feel, though. Are you telling me that was recorded at Trident? Sorry, too? buddy. Well, yeah, it was. You a know lot what? of Let It Be, too. We didn't get into you that. You know my only note I've got for Martha, my dear? What? An unusually excessive amount of tape hiss, if you listen to it. Wow. Which, you, you know, again, these things... You worry about when you're making music, but never, you never notice, notice. That. Listen to it 500 times. Exactly. Never notice that. Yeah. I'm so tired. Oh, now we're talking. My number one Beatles song. Really? All, every album, yeah. Really, eh? It's, it's just, you're I mean, in, in my life, John? in my life. Come on. And I'm so, so you're a John guy when it comes to the For hits. the top song. For the top song. What about for me. Uh, Across the Universe? No, that doesn't make my my list like yours. I I don't know why. It's a little too. I like the ones that rock too. A I bit, like I know? like yeah. I can get you, but I'm like would say like um, I'm only sleeping. That one's good too. But I like I'm so tired. Better. Um, in my life, to me, is the most perfect song he ever wrote. Uh, it's h- really hard for me to decide. What about but... the like curse or Walter Rallys and all that stuff, dude? You it's like so that? perfect to, to me. me. That yeah, I think that's I'm like, so tired. Is him like, trying to be too cool? He's trying to be like too. But it's smart. like an. It's like it's like an onomatopoeia. Okay. You know, it's like his. I've never heard music like that. That it sounds tired. You know, like right. he wrote a song that just recreates that feeling and. It is so cool though. I don't give a shit if he's trying to be cool because he is. No, and it to be sounds. Smart. Yeah, but he's just talking about he doesn't want to smoke, and Sir Walter Raleigh brought the cigarettes to the tobacco to England. You know, like mm. it, I think it's just clever. It's Beatlesy. It's like their Englishness. You know, the wit. It's like Ray Davies stuff. It's like the yeah, English but Ray's wit. way better at that than John, isn't he? Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't deny you that, but I don't know, man. I, I can't explain that yeah, stuff I'll, why, I'll, but I'll, I'm so, so I tired. So, I think that that's one of those takes that tries I to get you it. laid at the tiki And when he in, just gets in, no, in not to me. I don't think well, maybe. that's, you know, that's like, like just when oh, he gets you're in into the... Blackbird? I'm more of a, interesting, because I'm into piggies and I'm so tired. No, I don't like piggies. No one likes but, piggies. But I'm so tired just, you know, when he gets into the, uh, you'd say, it's putting me that's on. That's a cool it, bit, for sure. I wonder, should I, I call? A bit of peace Dude, of mind. No, but I wonder, should I call you? But I know what you would do. Yeah. Like, it's like soul, man. It's like John just channeling all of this music at once. You know, it's beautiful to me. You and it's that's very your personal. Song? It's the one that when I listen to it every time I get the most chills. In my life to me is their finest song as a group. That's, but in yeah, I'm so tired. Uh, I'm so tired 
like in my life to me is the most perfect like pop song they wrote but um i'm so tired i don't know it's i know it's like a weird choice but it's one that i always have on my list and when i put it on it just makes me feel like i'm cool for liking this music or something you know makes you feel cool it does choosing uh obscure Beatles song it's not obscure there's no such thing as that in the Beatles see my favorite song by the Beatles is Blackbird is it actually my favorite but my favorite version is the Crosby Stills and Nash live version of what's what is your favorite Beatles song definitely not I'm so tired that's such a niche one I could pick you three or four off this record that I like more than that I'll go here we'll go I'll go Dear Prudence for sure is better Um, I'll go with uh, while my guitar happiness is a warm gun's the best song on the record, so that's fine. There, happiness is a warm gun, and I'm so tired to me are okay. the best songs on the record. Um, okay, so what about um, well, Blackbird, yeah, like I said, I, I don't need to say anything more than Blackbird's that. wonderful, of course. It's just it's Paul, joy, it? it's joyous, joyous, it's lovely, Paul with no penis doing his kind of peace thing, and it's cool, beautiful song, but also, like, you know, the see it, we don't own. But when David and Stephen and I First sit down and Blackbird. do our rendition of Blackbird, we, we know knew. we knew we were better than the Beatles, and we were gonna make more money. We knew Beatles. we were higher. We were higher than the Beatles, and we were better than the Beatles. <laughs> I'm not thing here. Let's see. What's this going on here? Do I have it? Hang on one second here. What's this? Pulling on this. That uh, t- turned out to be our very first album. The Beatles also had the White Album out, and there was one song on that album <laughs> that we turned into a CSN song. <laughs> Blackbird uh. singing in the dead of night. <laughs> oh my god. This is what I'm fucking talking about. Blackbird singing in the dead of night. Take these sunken eyes and learn to see all your life. You were only waiting for this moment to be free. So that's, all right, uh, all right. the, that was the Beatles Blackbird there nice. for anyone who's never heard it before. Um, as performed on the White Album. <sighs> I don't know what you got next. We're doing well here. We're pretty much done, you know. Yeah, I think we've pretty much summed it up. <laughs> <laughs> Piggies, don't want to say much about eh, that. Don't pass me by. I like it oh, because... We're not Rink- done yet. We're not on Rocky Raccoon. Oh, controversial song. Okay. Only because most people think it's shit and some think it's great or something. I, I, don't, I don't know. know. I mean, by this point, I'm skipping songs unless I'm listening on vinyl. I listen. I like Rocky Raccoon, but there's a lack I of... I think it's good. Lack of anything really going on. 
you know i know that that's one that i'm like you know when i talk about like i think it probably is better than anything i've ever written yeah, but like it's still totally. as far as you know what i mean but it's still like kind of beatles like you know how that's when you knew when you were like a teenager to play around the campfire and now okay. it's like if i'm too drunk that i can't think of anything else i start playing it and everybody's like no 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 yeah no, we're good. <laughs> They're like, last time i was on a campfire was on uh in port renfrew and on vancouver island and oh, uh yeah, I know. And I was in a hot tub and I was on acid and I was with my band and there was no beer at this festival. And we were all um, sat there and I sent Jeff and Brandon to go and get beer. And there was no beer and it was like an after party. And we found one guy who had beer and we were all high. And and we said to this guy like, hey, can we have some of your beer? And he was like, you guys are Yukon Blonde, right? And it was like Jeff and Brandon. And they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We just played the festival. He's like, I'll give, you a, I'll give you a beer if you play my girl acoustic right now for me. So they like played my girl for him and he gave him a beer. That's, nice. that's how much we cost if you want to get us at the festival. Just don't pay great. us pay us in one beer at the end of the night. Okay, why don't we do us do it in the road? Okay, so oh, here's no, my don't take. pass me by, sorry. Don't pass me by. I like it because it's Ringo having a little fun. He wrote it or co wrote it. I'm all about it. I like it. I think it's kind of a fun fiddle. Don't make me blue. Yeah. Cause you know, darling. It's kind I of a think 50s it's a fun Thomas the Tank Engine vibe. I think it's a fun arrangement by George Martin with a country fiddle. I enjoy it. I actually like it. I think the drums sound wicked on it. It's a good song. Because um, well, he, yeah, it's, it's Ringo's. Like moment. it's better than Obla Di Obla Da to me. Don't pass me oh, by. A cer- it's certainly not the worst song on the record. It's better than no. Piggies. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Piggies is, that is next? weird, man. I want to go back to it for just one second because yeah. why did they spend so much time on it? I don't know. Like, why did they like? get a string section in and you know the weirdest part is that george had all things must pass written that song at the time but for some reason like he the beatles rejected it because there's beatles demos of it yeah no there's something weird going on with george's relationship with wealth and and himself hoarding wealth hating the class distinctions between him and working class and rich people but also at the same time hating the fact that he's taxed it's a complicated thing you could do a whole pot on it of course and especially then you could do when a whole you like, pot on the manson shit yeah. that came out of that song exactly too. yeah well isn't that more um well there is yeah no blackbird and piggies and Health he cited which is yeah he cited yeah piggies he wrote didn't he on yeah yeah but all and blackbird too yeah. he thought yeah why don't we do it in the road rules? Okay, so I've got a theory about that the sequencing. I love this theory. Every time, you know, when I'm partying and I and I'm listening to this, I tell everybody this because I okay. love it. That Paul put why don't we do it in the road and I will right next to each other mm-hmm. to showcase what a dive what a he could singer do. he was. Yeah, what he's Because he's screaming yeah. Why don't we do it in the road? And then it even I would dare to say is a shorter gap between the two songs yeah. than other songs. Because then it goes, Who knows how long yeah. and right away it's like beautiful, sweet Paul. You know that he played everything on Why Don't We Do It in the Road too. Ringo plays drums. No. Yeah, they did the two of them. No. No it's it's a hundred percent for fact. Actually. No, it's not. Yeah, Ringo so played drums. Paul, just, yeah. You hear Ringo going, uh, 100%, so you buddy. Know it's just Paul, buddy. Nope. It's just Paul, pal. Nope. So. Definitely not. I'm on the whitealbumproject.org here. Let's 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 get into uh, this. Is going to be another one like that, uh, Graham Parsons. You'll oh, see. there's been plenty, and they've mostly fallen in my favor. The Graham one didn't, I'll admit it. But. <laughs> 
Anyway, we'll okay, settle well, this tomorrow night. I will. Oh, certainly, partner. Uh, we'll settle. We'll settle this down oh, at uh, Coyotes okay. Thursday night. Open, open stage, mic night. Open stage night. Open st- <laughs> I got some pretty. I got some of me in a canoe. It's pretty neat. Do you know that the bass on "I Will" is vocal bass? I do know it's vocal. Bass, I love that. It's very cool. It's vocal bass. So I love "I Will." What a pretty song. Okay, a cool thing I know about "I Will," and yeah. you know, you guys, you people on the pod can get this kind of information on the. Internet. You go to this website www.wikipedia.com. I've, a lot I've, of this is there. I've been there. Um, and but what I learned is that it was. I actually have this book that I'm getting a lot of this info, including the "Why Don't We Do It in the Road" debate. From which is called Revolution in the Head, yeah. Which is kind of a Beatles feel, person. Beatles kind of. It feel. lists every song and who played what and how the session went down. We should, you know, what? Um, actually, sorry to interrupt you. We should mm-hmm. fucking get. We should make it a Patreon goal that we can buy the recording the Beatles out book, the, the really expensive one. I really want that. Let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah. So again, tell your friends, man. You know, we we need your help. We're doing this here. We're out. We're out here. The city, our city needs us, and we're doing it, and we're loving it. But if we can get we're that book, it. we'll find out more information. We'll be able to talk about microphones because that stuff. shit's not on Wikipedia, unfortunately no, for us. It's not. Anyway, um, one thing I read in Revolution in the Head, which is another great book, is that I will. What he says, the writer in the book, he says it was a. A, a true testament to the Beatles' dedication to oh, recording that Paul did that song live, the scratch track with an acoustic guitar with the Indian orchestra that George Martin had compiled, 150 takes. Right. Interesting. And it was, I when I read that, I was like, Jesus, man, that is just Listen, out of control. Refugee took more than that. By and Tom then Perry. finally, when they hit take 152 or something, they were like, I think we got it. Yeah. But just really cool, you know? It's cool, but also like, I, I'm not going to do that. Of course not. It's not what that we, good. I, do, I, I think I do like eight to it's ten not that good. It's not a good one. No. It's not particularly good. Julia, it's just about Yoko, isn't it? I think it's about his mother. And Julia. And Yoko. It's probably... It is. Ocean Child yeah. Calls Me. Do you know yeah. Yoko Ono means Ocean exactly. Child? Exactly. You know all this. We know this is the <laughs> doing Beatles as we're like telling each other we're shit we both know. We're doing com. We're doing... And we we're are. just telling each other stuff and we're like... Oh, other people listening to this, it's so funny, are probably like everything both of us are, are, us are saying. Some yeah. people are really interested. And most people are like, yeah, we are. But you and I are like kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> most people know this stuff. Actually, The thing right. is, most people who listen to this podcast could just do the podcast themselves. Well, we know that. Yeah. But that... The thing... That's the beauty of... We're trying to show people that the music is free. Yeah. Poetry is free. And if Jet, it wasn't yeah. for COVID, everyone would be doing this podcast. And they'd be bigger mm-hmm. than us, honestly. And the truth is, most people tune in for like that first 30 minutes where we were just talking Not about... talking like, about the Beatles. Yeah. Talking about indie mixtapes in Victoria and Vancouver in 2005. Which we have to create. I was just thinking it'd be, I've been I sent we're done here but I was just gonna I want to just play this I've, there's a little bit of Longmont on uh, Spotify okay I want to just play this for you and then everyone will hear this in high clarity but just because play I, it out. I sent it to you a couple of times recently play it out maybe, you know it but it's a, it's a cool medley of these two okay. different ones so here you go I'll play it out boss may I help you hello how are you 
Hello. Hi, I'm, I more or less wanted to get into uh, to some uh, some real specific patterns and different things. Some winds, windswept looks and different stuff like that. Okay, <laughs> I don't understand what you're talking about. Okay. Um, I'm looking for some pleated and pleated looks and some uh, cuffed pleated, looks. Yeah. Pleated what? Pants? Different things. Yeah, stuff of different different nature. Yeah. Okay, we have a lot of pleated pants. I mean, maybe I'm going out on a limb, a limb or something, but I, I prefer to think that's more or less sort of a pleated look, a pleated kind of approach. Or maybe, okay. and then what, I wanted to get. What's your specific question? Um, how much would it cost to get like some studded stuff? We don't have. We have huh? very few studded things. Okay, I, I will, That's more or less what uh, the approach Here, I wanted. Like echoing or something. Well, that, that's, yeah, echoey approach, a different kind of approach, sure. Okay, yeah. I, you know, you're going to have to come into the shop and shop because I have I've been there. clean what you're trying to well, well, ask, okay? You know, Bye. maybe a woven thing. <laughs> what are you looking for, man? The, uh, the uh, Montoyan the, uh, artesian, the, um, as far as the regional sound of it. Montoyan? Yeah. What are you getting at? Carlos Montoya? Yeah. Yeah, that's partial. That's uh, a there's some lineage. Yeah, I, I can't I can't say for sure how regional that approach. Uh, oh man, why don't you call the Lamont School of Music, man? Well, I don't know. Okay. I don't I don't know where they're located, but let me. Uh, the one thing I can tell you. Okay. If you want to talk about the trombone, uh-huh. uh huh. In essence, the trombone. You need look no further whatsoever. You need look no okay. further whatsoever. That's where I'm coming from. And I need the Montoyan Artesian uh, connection. I don't have it, man. As a result. You want to put something together? Put some sounds together? Montoyan Artesian connection. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about, man. That's where I'm, that's what I'm interested in. And if it's unavailable, then let's put something together. You know what happened to that kind of approach? <laughs> Got me, man. And if it's unavailable, then let's put something together. <laughs> Come on down. We'll talk about it. Okay, what's your name? John, man. Okay, I'm, uh, Dudley. I gotta go, man. I'll see ya. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Two classics, those. Back to back. 